Well, we were robbed of the Giannis versus Jokic battle that we thought we were going to get in Milwaukee, which I'm sure is only going to stoke the flames of the load management discussion that's been going around the league the last couple of weeks here. Uh, Bobby Portis also suffered an MCL injury, and we probably need to discuss what that means for the Bucks. But in the end, Milwaukee took care of business against a Denver team they should beat, but the turnovers will not go away for this team. So there's plenty to discuss. At the end of the day, the Bucks won. Uh, maybe not a perfect performance, though. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. See and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. Alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. For today's episode, that's brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And we thank you all for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch uh, of every weekday, Monday to Friday. Missed an episode yesterday. From time to time, it happens, but uh, we, we, 99% of the time, we're rolling Monday to Friday and sometimes on weekends. We'll have a makeup episode there, but subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or, of course, on YouTube. Hit the notifications and you'll know when we drop a new episode. But the Bucks do beat the Nuggets, Frank, 107 to 99. And, I mean, you'll take the win for the Bucks. There's no doubt about it. And they get a little bit of luck on the injury front. But I was getting myself up. I was getting excited about the idea of Giannis and Jokic and this Denver team that's been playing really well. And it looked like it was going to be a big test. Uh, none of those guys play for Denver. It is a, a skeleton crew. And it took the Bucks a long time to get going in this game. Turnovers were abysmal throughout. So it's a scratchy win. I guess you'll take it, Frank. But this was far from a perfect performance. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess we can't, you know, like like for, when Chris was out, you know, it was a lot of, and obviously there have been stretches here with, with Giannis out as well. You know, we, we played the, hey, any win is a good win under the circumstances type card. Um, I think at this point, Bobby Portis being out does not justify the any win is, is a good win um, uh, mantle. So, yeah, that was not impressive and i think you know if it was almost any other team <laughs> other than that version of the nuggets that we saw um the bucks would have had uh, a really uh much harder time clawing out a win i mean you know to their credit obviously they they stretched the lead out it was not really close with the extent uh, exception of one brief point where the nuggets got down to about five i think um in the fourth quarter but for the most part third quarter they took control of the game and you know, didn't make it too dramatic, but as you said, again, the turnovers, I mean, Giannis had four turnovers in the first three minutes. He has nine turnovers in the game. Um, and, you know, credit to him, nine points in the first half, he comes back 24 in the second half, got to the line on just an absolute parade of, of free throws from him in the second half. I think he, what he was 14 of 21 in the second half alone. <laughs> Scored 24 points in the second half, 33, 14, four assists, three steals, 
Um, again, offsetting to, to a large extent, obviously the nine turnovers. Uh, but yeah, I mean, turnovers have been a recurring theme issue problem for the Bucks uh, all season. And I don't know what you say about it because to some extent there's the issue of, you know, these stretches where they play without having ball handlers, you know, without having the type of creators on the floor that again means that you've got guys trying to do stuff that they're not really able to do. Um, but right now, I mean, they have all their best ball handlers and tonight it just felt like a lack of sharpness, lack of focus, trying stuff that again was just sort of speculative and unnecessary. And obviously, what was it, 22, 23 turnovers tonight? I mean, just, just an absolute ton. Fortunately, the Nuggets nearly matched them in, on that front. So it's not like Denver had anything to write home about. And, you know, the Bucks defense had a had a nice night statistically. Denver was in the fourth percentile tonight in terms of offensive rating, only 99 points total. And, of course, this version of the Nuggets, not exactly a juggernaut. Aaron Gordon out here taking 24 shots with 7 of 19 on twos. But, um, but yeah, again – Let's just say if you're going to play with that lack of sharpness, you kind of just are glad that it comes on a night when the opponent was resting, you know, all of their best players, including uh, the presumptive MVP front runner. So, um, you know, again, again to some extent uh, with the way the East is bank wins, not going to argue too much with banking wins, but as far as like now having your core guys back, um, you kind of obviously would rather see more indications of the title contending sort of quality that, that we all expect from the box tonight, obviously was not that. Yeah, no question. It's interesting. So 31 and 17 on the season now, which is uh, obviously decent. They're 19 and five at home. They're just 12 and 12 on the road, but even the Denver Nuggets, it seems like a lot of teams are like this. And I don't know whether it has to do with the, the roster stuff and perhaps some guys not playing on the road. I don't really know, but Denver at 34, and 15 on the season, but they're only 12 and 11 on the road themselves. And there's a lot of teams that are like that if you go through the standings. But you mentioned Aaron Gordon. So he was actually plus five in his 37 minutes. And I just want to say God bless DeAndre Jordan because he played uh, 11 minutes in this game, fouled out, and they were minus 13 in those 11 minutes. And you talk about Giannis and the fact that he got to the free throw line a lot. And it wasn't just DeAndre Jordan, but certainly when he was on the floor, there was nothing that he could do. And Giannis understands that he's played against DeAndre Jordan enough at this point in time to know that he can, he can do that. And there was that one play where they challenged and in real time, sometimes the charge stuff is hard to see in real time. This was a horrific charge call. As soon as they went to the challenge, it felt very confident that they were going to reverse that one. And uh, it was interesting because Lisa on the broadcast Good point that she made, but she said, well, not only do you take away the foul from Giannis, but you put one on DeAndre. And I was thinking to myself, oh, geez, is, is, there, is there any way we can not put that foul on DeAndre Jordan and keep him out on the floor because he ended up fouling out? And and that was, even though, again, it was a skeleton crew, those minutes when DeAndre were on the floor, Giannis was just head down. I know I can, I can score any which way I want, um, which proved important. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> Giannis was just got beat up in, in this game overall. I mean, he, mm-hmm. the, the if you look at his shot chart, he took one shot outside the restricted area and it was about six inches outside the restricted area officially. Um, so pretty much again, everything tonight, everything was driving to the rim. It was attacking. It was not settling. And on the one hand, it's like, I mean, you give him credit because he's not settling. Didn't take a single three pointer tonight. 
He was not settling for jump shots. Um, he was, you know, taking their best shots and just picking himself off the, off the mat every time. I mean, Bruce Brown had those two hard fouls on him in transition in short, short succession in the second half. Um, you know, it was just hand-to-hand combat out there for, for a lot of this game. And, you know, as you mentioned, the overturn charge call was terrible. Um, the offensive fouls in the first half were both marginal. And then he picked up another one where Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon had like basically sort of was a statue, had quote unquote set himself. But oh, like hit him on the Giannis, Giannis barely clipped him. Yeah. I mean, it's like just, man, so, these refs just get so excited about calling charge. And, and, it's a Giannis problem with the charges. Like refs just for some reason love calling charges on Giannis. But I mean, in general, I think it's a problem generally across the league too. It's mm-hmm. like, we're still at this point where refs seem to give the benefit of the doubt in these block charge situations to the defender. Um, and it's like, again, why are we, what are we doing? Why are we encouraging guys not playing defense? And Again, I mean, you watch a game like this and you're just kind of glad that Giannis did get up every time and, you know, didn't get hurt or anything like that. But um, this was a rough and tumble game. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you got you get to the line 22 times. So it's not like they weren't calling fouls. But, I mean, they got their money's worth for sure. And I think the other problem with the fact that Giannis is, again, and I would say a lot of this is because he just doesn't have any confidence in his jump shot. Um, he doesn't have confidence in kind of that, like, you know, again, that sort of floater range hook shot range shot is he's having to, att- I think he is feeling like he has to attack all the time. And then, you know, if you attack all the time, I mean, you're more likely to turn it over. Right. I mean, that, that's just kind of natural. If you're taking face up jump shots from 18 feet, you're less likely to turn the ball over in that situation. And I, and I don't know, so I don't know what the answer is for him because on the one hand, it's like, we've seen him take, jump shots and hook shots throughout this year. And I mean, he just hasn't looked comfortable, right? Three point line, three point shooting is the worst it's been in the bud era as well. Um, So we'll see. I mean, again, he's got months to sort of figure this out, but at some point he's got to kind of sort, sort out how he um, gets to a better position and gets more comfortable doing things outside of attacking the basket. Because again, we saw last year, right? I mean, you can't just live that way against a team like the Boston Celtics. And even in the regular season, you know, it's just, it's just hard, right? I mean, the, the beat, beating he's taking kind of night to night. So on the one hand, it's like, you know, it's like you look at it, you're like, man, nine turnovers. <laughs> like, I mean, he had two in the first two possessions of the third quarter. Like, it's just, it's just, you know, it's just lack of focus, just sloppiness. But then the other side of this is that he's just having to work super hard to do all this stuff. And again, I mean, he's just an absolute freak of everything being able to to do what he does i mean 33 points on 15 shots tonight i mean you know the numbers he puts up everybody would you know kill for you know we talk about players in this league being able to do what he does and score the way he does but you know the bar is just so high and especially against the nuggets team right i mean of course there's the Jokic Giannis comparisons and you know steve novak's talking about why Giannis is his mvp or whatever and it's just like okay Giannis is not the mvp right now like the, the league is too good He's not been up to his usual self, but he's got time. You know, he's got time to get kind of his game right, to get to a better spot. And, you know, this is the, the this is the, the <laughs> how good he is, is that when he's not playing at his best, he can still be a difference maker 
a guy that, you know, tonight we saw in the second half kind of put the box on his back and, and carried them to a win in a game that probably, you know, under normal circumstances, they, they might lose and, and shook off that pretty anonymous first half foul trouble and um, ultimately comes, comes through and cuts down on some of the sloppiness in the second half and, and gets the bucks to where they need to be. But, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, again, not, not the way you want to have to live for the next, you know, three months, let's say. All right. I want to talk about the turnovers and Bud as well. You see a lot of stuff on Twitter. We see a lot of stuff in our YouTube comments. So I want to ask you something about the turnovers and perhaps what responsibility Bud has for that. I'm not sure. It's a theory, but we're going to discuss it after we talk about our friends at FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads uh, to player props. And if you want to get adventurous, you can try a same game parlay. Now, I was just looking at some of the odds on fanduel.com. Russell Westbrook is the favorite for sixth man of the year, which is interesting. Bobby Portis, uh, nowhere near the top. And maybe interesting, MCL injury. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. And what about defensive player of the year? Brooke Lopez is still the second favorite at plus 850. Jaron Jackson Jr. is the favorite there. Giannis at plus 2100 as well. But you can check all that out at fanduel.com or on the app. That's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at fanduel.com. Slash locked on, make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. So we see this a lot, and the turnovers, the Bucks uh, over the course of the season, they're 24th in turnover percentage. It's been a problem all year. And I, I think in general, because of some of the reasons you said, like Giannis can be prone to the turnovers, mostly because of the offensive foul stuff. But Drew Holiday as well, he had five turnovers tonight. Uh, Chris Milton certainly not immune to having those nights where he'll turn the ball over. And you see a lot on Twitter. People tweet at me. You see it a lot in the YouTube comments. Well, it's the offense. It's about time Bud got on these guys for the turnovers. I don't know where the responsibility lies, and maybe I'm a little bit too simplistic for this, but when I see a guy attempt a pass to the corner to Chris Milton and launch it over the top of the bench, I don't know what Bud's supposed to do about that. I mean, how do you look at the turnover problem that is the Bucs. I think some of it is the way the roster is built, and that's not going to change unless they do something at the trade deadline. But where do you place the responsibility? Because it does feel like as we're watching it, a lot of it is just like, man, these guys have to be better. These guys are pros. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the Bud era from 18-19 through last year, they were, um, in terms of turnover percentage, they were sixth. 11th, 11th, 10th, and then this year, 23rd, this is cleaning the glass, 23rd, potentially dropping to further after tonight. Um, so this has not historically been an issue. I mean, they've never been like elite in this regard, but they've always been slightly above average in, in terms of turnover rate. And their defense has always been below average. And this year, they're the worst in the league in terms of forcing turnovers, which I think kind of only magnifies kind of the problems that um, that they've had in that regard. Uh, so... I mean, again, I know Eric commented on it on Twitter today. I mean, again, is Bud encouraging them to play in a way that makes them more 
susceptible to turnovers. I mean, again, I think a lot of this starts with the lack of ball handling, lack of creation that they've had for long stretches of the season. Um, I think, you know, it's probably not a large proportion of the overall turnovers, but, you know, we've talked a fair bit about just, you know, it doesn't happen often, but when like once a game you have backcourt turnovers because guys are in a rush to try to throw the ball ahead and they just get it picked off. Um, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, that just kind of sticks out because it's so uncommon and the Bucks seem to just, I think, didn't they have one game where they had like four backcourt turnovers in one game or in something like that, which in a half. Yeah. Which like is totally unheard of. Um, so I think some of it also may be just with the offense being such a slog for, for most of the season, you know, it may be them pressing. It may be guys yep. that again are not capable of making passes, capable of making plays, trying to make plays. Um, and, and, you know, some of it too, I mean, I think, you know, if people probably heard, you know, tr- like traveling calls are up this year. That's been sort of a point of emphasis for officials, but and that's, that's obviously the case across league wide. So in terms of just raw turnovers, um, you know, everybody would get dinged a little bit by that, but that doesn't explain why relatively speaking, they would be so far down from, from where they were in previous years. So, um, so I don't know. I mean, I don't, to me, that's not really a coaching problem. I mean, the bucks are not like, they're not doing like the coaches are not asking the guys to do <laughs> to exotic stuff, you know, that, uh, that, that you can't expect them to do. So I think, um, again, if, if, uh, if they had, you know, um, a, a pure point guard on the bench that they weren't playing, who was a low turnover guy that, you know, should have been playing during these various points and instead they were putting in high turnover guys and that's part of it. Like, okay, maybe then that's more of a coaching thing because of the rotations, but you know, the way this roster is constructed, you know, you can probably say the kind of front office has more, has more to do with it than, than the coaching staff. So, um, so yeah, I think it kind of is what it is. And again, I, I don't think there's really a, an excuse for it. I think it's just players have to play better. And I think that's been honestly a big part of the story offensively kind of all year. Giannis has to play better. Drew has to make fewer turnovers to hit for, for him as well because he's been a very high turnover guy this year as well. And I think it starts with those two guys because they're the guys that have had the ball the most all season. And then I think probably the other guys, you know, again, a lot of the other problems are more guys who are not, again, that skilled guys who are, shouldn't be touching the ball or trying to make as many plays as they have are being put into positions where they have to because of the injuries and, and the lack of creation. So again, I don't know. I think, I'm not saying that's a satisfying answer, but on a night like tonight, it's like, you know, Giannis having nine turnovers, like nobody should be looking at Bud and saying, Bud, why are you, you know, why are you not telling Giannis to stop driving or something? <laughs> right. It's like, you know, that, 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 that you don't tell guys to just like stop being aggressive, stop trying to make plays. You don't tell Giannis to stop trying to attack the basket. Right. Like that's, that's not how to maximize this team either. So um, again, no, no easy answer there, but hopefully it's something that works itself out over the course of this, you know, sooner rather than later. Speaking of non-satisfying things to say, I, I, I don't, I had a personal <laughs> feeling that when, you saw that all those players were out of the lineup late in the game. That all of a sudden you, you think, okay, the Bucs should win this by 20 points. Whereas I was thinking, I remember the Bucs playing the Nuggets a couple of times over the last four or five years where maybe Jokic hasn't played or they've been depleted and they've been able to win games. Like it just, it makes me a little bit nervous because you think there's going to be some sort of letdown. And yeah, the Bucs did look uh, a bit careless in the first half.
Bobby Portis. This was the news of the day, though. MCL sprain. I uh, got the tweet from uh, Woj here. So MCL sprain in his right knee. It was kind of a weird incident from the last game that we saw. I thought maybe his ankle, knee. Uh, not 100% sure there, but he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks, which you know, generally tells you he's going to be out for longer than two weeks. So we'll see how long this period for Bobby Portis is out. It was funny when I was podcasting with Justin the other day, I said, okay, if Serge Barker isn't coming back now, he hasn't been playing a lot, but why did they trade for Serge Barker? Because he was an insurance a safety blanket. Now they don't have that. Do they need to get another big man? Do they want a safety blanket on this roster? And within three days, Serge Barker has this injury and now they are depleted in the big man stocks. What do you think they should do? Because this is interesting. It's not like Bobby Portis is a fringe rotation guy. I mean, he's getting you 25 minutes a night. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's interesting. I mean, my my, my hypothesis was that, I, I mean, I didn't think that suddenly like Mamu is going to get, you know, 15 minutes a night or something like that just to play another 6'10 guy or whatever. Um, I think tonight probably made sense to me, at least in terms of how the Bucks would react. Basically, you just saw a lot more of the of staggering between Giannis and and Brooke Lopez. I mean, unfortunately, you know, only natural that that Brooke certainly doesn't get a reprieve with Bobby out. I mean, to, you know, on some level, that's like the part that um, kind of concerns me the most is just the fact that this only puts more pressure on on both uh, Brooke and Giannis. Um, like, thankfully, I mean, Giannis only played 31 minutes tonight. Brooke played 32 minutes. Again. You know, Brooks been playing the most minutes that he's played since coming to Milwaukee all season. And I mean, he's been great, but you know, again, it's just at, at his age, do you want to be having to extend him that much uh, during the regular season? And you know, I think with Giannis, um, you know, him playing at center more on the one hand, I think I want to see, I, th- I think they need some reps. I think there's a, there's a silver lining in the fact that they're going to be forced to play more lineups with, you know, some combination of Drew, Pat, uh, Chris, Joe Ingles, uh, and potentially Wes Matthews as well. We saw Wes tonight. And I think, you know, if you were talking about like who, who, who are the beneficiaries of this injury to Bobby Portis, I think the first answer would be, again, if, if tonight is any, uh, is, is any indication, Wes Matthews would be one of the winners. He plays 15 minutes tonight, plus six, uh, hit a three. Uh, in those minutes and kind of makes sense. I mean, Wes obviously is not like the, you know, you wouldn't say like, Oh, you're going to go out there and just play power forward, but he's rugged, strong, switchable. And I think, you know, when you are playing small, it's going to increase the likelihood that you're going to do switching because again, you're probably going to have a lot of like for like size guys out there. Uh, and especially with, you know, the likes of, of Drew, Chris, Pat, uh, Joe, Wes, like, Switching, I think, generally makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, like, whether it's because Drew and Wes are, are, are good switch defenders or someone like Joe who, you know, I don't think there's some obvious, like, oh, you want to put Joe on a small guy but not a big guy or you want to put him on a big guy or small. It's like, I don't think it matters a lot. Like, you know, Joe's going to have some moments where his basketball IQ carries him and Joe's going to have moments where, you know, it's kind of his lack of physical tools hurt him. But I don't know if that's really going to consistently come against smaller big guys. So you might as well kind of do more switching. So, um, so I think, you know, again, that, I think those types of configurations are going to be important in the playoffs. And so I think to some extent, you know, what we saw tonight, them going smaller, um, and, and going with 
you know, more of kind of like the wings at the, at the both, both forward spots options. I think, um, there's, there's some positive and just having to do that more often. And, um, you know, I think if there is, you know, an upside, it's that, you know, Bobby's defensive issues, um, are kind of well-documented. So, um, maybe playing a little bit different, you know, again, works out some, some kind of muscles that the bucks will need to work out before the playoffs anyway. But the downside, as you mentioned, Brooke having to play more, and, you know, Giannis, I think just the effort that he extends when he has to be like a rim protector, this happened. I don't know if you remember this, but in the New Orleans game in uh, against the Pelicans in New Orleans, uh, he had a stretch that the Bucks like defended the rim, like, and I forget who it was, but like the Pelicans basically had like two or three attempts. I think Valanciunas may have been involved or something. And Giannis, I think was, I think Giannis was playing center in, in that, in that moment. And he just looked like totally gassed. And I think it was early in the fourth quarter. And like, he had to like sit like three minutes into the fourth quarter. I think the same thing happened tonight. He was obviously just attacking DeAndre Jordan late in the third, early fourth, and just repeatedly attacking, driving, you know, basically like putting a huge effort out offensively. And then when he has to do the same thing defensively, he just doesn't, I mean, especially this year, he just doesn't seem like he has the conditioning to basically kind of be able to kind of just keep going through that. So, um, I don't know if you want to take that as Giannis is going to get into shape <laughs> during during the season, especially coming, coming off this injury um, because he has to play and exert more energy defensively. I think this has probably been his least impactful defensive season of the Bud era. Um, and, you know, his stocks are at the lowest they've been since really he became a rotation player. So I don't know. I mean, maybe putting forcing him to have to be a more central part of the defense will unlock a little bit more of what he can do because – um, you know, it just seems like this year with him being kind of in that usual off ball role, it just seems like he just isn't involved in the defense for stretches or certain nights. Like he'll just, you know, not be very impactful when maybe putting him more in the middle of, of the action is, is actually going to unlock a little bit more of him. So I don't know. That's a long, long answer that I don't know if has any, any strong clarity, but, um, again, we'll call it Wes Matthews. Uh, Wes Matthews is the, uh, the obvious winner here early on. And the other part of that, obviously, uh, is the fact that Chris only played the 15. So, I mean, obviously, you think Bobby's going to come back and, and soak up some minutes. We still saw seven minutes of Jordan Wara tonight. Uh, pretty early in the game, the Bucks played the 10 guys. I didn't see any value in... in like, I don't mind, by the way. I don't want to say there's no value. I, I don't mind if Mamu plays. But it, it's I didn't, I didn't see this injury to Bobby Portis. And, yeah, I saw some people suggesting, ah, oh, geez, it would be nice if Serge is around. Eh, I don't really care. Like, I, like I'm, I'm not that all excited about the Bucks just picking up a five, a backup five. Like, if they're going to make a trade, you hope Bobby's there, you hope Brooks there, and just swings to those smaller lineups, which is why we've discussed, yeah, do they need another guard? Do they need another wing? But let us know what you think they should do. Um, yeah, maybe if Serge was here tonight, he would have played some minutes. But... Uh, he's not, but it, it still doesn't get me excited about the idea of of getting a backup five that, for the most part, isn't going to play. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what the Bucks do over the next week or so. Grayson Allen also tweaked an ankle there, which made me a little bit nervous when he went down with that ankle, but he got up and he was able to play the rest of the game. Make sure you check out the Locked On Game to Game podcast on the Locked On NBA podcast feed. You get the recaps from right across the league and all the games from the local experts, an interesting Philly-Brooklyn game tonight. Looked like there was a bit of uh, emotion involved in that one, as you would expect. So check out the Locked On Game to Game podcast. Uh, Frank, let's wrap this. The Bucks win. 
weekend game. I am going to, I'm doing post game. I'm, I'm calling it right now. I missed the podcast yesterday. I'm doing a weekend podcast after Bucks and Paces. Feels like we haven't seen the Paces for a little bit, uh, Frank, but uh, I'm what calling do, what it do you now. Mean? What do you mean? We saw them in last week, didn't we? Must have been a memorable game. Love the Paces. <laughs> Love the paces, and I'm just looking forward. Don't you to seeing don't you again. remember how collectively angry Bucks Nation was for like two and a half quarters uh, on Martin? It was Martin Luther King Day, right? Yeah, it was the Martin Luther King Day game. It was the uh, that's probably because it was. You know why you don't remember? Because you were sleeping when it happened live, then you had to watch it uh, on, oh. on recording later. So it wasn't very memorable. Right. You, didn't get, you didn't get to live through the rage that uh, that that Bucks Twitter. Sorry. By the way, uh, shout out to a uh, friend of the pod, pod Bryn Riley. Um, she tweeted something that I, I didn't tag you in it, uh, but she not she didn't tweet that it's at me. She just tweeted and I saw it. She said, this is a compliment, but Joe Ingles is absolutely the derpiest player in the NBA. And to which I responded, Kane, when he sees this tweet, and it, I, I clipped one of those Larry David uh, Kirby Enthusiasm stare downs um, because I, I feel like you would you would be a little skeptical about give a little bit of this like, Mm, you really is that really a compliment Bryn mm, I don't know about that uh but but anyway shout I don't out know to what Bryn. Der- yeah I don't know what derpiest means I'm probably the derpiest <laughs> podcaster in the game as well so hey we'll roll with it I'm gonna end this podcast and google what it means and come back with a, an appropriate response uh, for tomorrow's podcast make sure you subscribe though subscribe to Locked on Bucks wherever you get your podcasts on the audio platform or YouTube uh, we absolutely appreciate. By the way, Pat Connor, we Kane the malpractice. Frank, I warned you, Frank. I warned you. We, Pat, we got. I'm cutting it. I don't care. Pat Connaughton had 19 and 12. And we didn't say a damn Beautiful. thing about him. That's our Beautiful fault. Game. I, I don't. Nobody pays me to do this. I, I don't. I owe nobody anything here. I can yeah. talk. Uh, you're gonna, I, cut, I, me I, you're I, gonna I, cut me off. That's fine. You're gonna. We'll talk about gonna, Pat you're tomorrow. Gonna the, hey. You're gonna give me the, the the hook here pretty soon. You want a podcast tomorrow, Frank? I'll be here. <laughs> See you tomorrow, make, Frank. Make make Justin or or uh, you know Camille. Or Camille, oh, it's Camille, yo, Camille, bat signal. All right, make Camille talk about how awesome Pat Connaughton was tonight. Shut up, dude. Will do. See you everyone tomorrow.